and welcome to In Review, the podcast where either one or both of us have not seen the film we're about to watch. I'm Ryan. I'm Jesse. And today we are going to watch, well, not today, tomorrow. We're prepping. Yes. But uh, we're going to see John Carpenter, right? We are. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That's absolutely right. Okay. I have never seen this movie. I'm so excited. (laughs) I, I... I remember when I first saw it, I was... I was a knee-high to a grasshopper. I've never been that short in my oh, okay. life. Yeah, right. Yeah, You came I out of your mother 10 feet tall. Basically. All right. <laughs> We've already set the precedent for the day today. Yeah, no, it's good. Gosh, you're lying <laughs> no. to our public. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I was at one point that okay, tall. Thank you. All right. So anyways, yeah. you can remember when you saw Big Trouble in Little China? I just remember this much. I remember... Going to my local library, mm-hmm. and they had just upgraded not not you know like they had VHS but to DVDs, and you could rent DVDs, and I grabbed it and it was a two disc special edition. And I had no idea what I was getting into. Nice, and it was it was it was a it was a special moment in my life. Okay, great. There's a, there's a lot of film special moments in your life that have to do with finding a DVD at Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyways. The movie itself is another movie by John Carpenter. Obviously, we have had an episode with The Thing. Yes. Which since then is actually on like my top ten. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when you basically found out that every Kurt Russell film I have never seen pretty much outside of Tombstone and Overboard. Right. I was, Yeah. I don't think I've seen any other ones for Tombstone and Overboard and now The Thing. Right. And and here we are, and and, and uh, you basically immediately wrote down, "Big Trouble, Little China," escape, escape from, from New York, York, and escape from L.A. Right. Um, and there was another. Oh, uh, executive decision. Executive decision. <laughs> so Great. Kurt Russell, we're just going to start working through your filmography. Just feel free to kind of, oh, you know, man. if you listen to this, we just let you want to let you know that you're a legend. You are in our eyes. Um, your best film, in my opinion, so far outside of the thing is. Clearly, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> it's definitely on the list. I mean, I think it was okay. I mean, he, it was definitely not his best. But role. he is Wyatt Earp, and he will He's always be Wyatt, Wyatt Earp. Earp. And that was I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. That scared me <laughs> as a kid. I was Shook like, me to the core. It did. I was looking. I was like, look, you look at the conviction in that man's eye, and tell me you don't believe every word he just said. It's true. God, yeah, and that so mustache—it's just bushy. It was, yeah, it was on point, man. It was perfect. Absolutely. So, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, we're we're, we're pumped about it. The reason why we're actually early recording uh, prior to actually watching the film and then coming back and giving our takeaways is because the Alamo Draft House, our preferred method of watching any film ever. All the time. Period, because they make you shut up when you're in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And you're not allowed to be on your phone. They're doing a special viewing of it. Yes. I don't know actually the reason behind the special viewing. Oh, I think I do. So Ready Player One is coming yep. in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And Ernest Klein, the writer of the book Ready Player One, right. curated a special list of films that he are, he claimed were influencing him when he wrote Ready Player One. Right. Back to the Future. Yes. The Last Starfighter. Iron Giant. Iron Giant, Indiana Jones, and The Temple, Temple of, of Doom. Doom, and Big Trouble in China. Yeah. 
So it's on the list. And now we get to see it. My life it will, will be enriched because of it. Absolutely. But I want to pivot a little bit because I think one of the things that um, was good feedback from a couple of you listeners that I think that we're going to start incorporating is we'll talk about the movie we're about to watch. We'll save a lot of our conversation points for it until after we've watched it so that the conversation's a little bit more lively at the end of the podcast. Right. We'll have more to discuss. And what we want to do now is we want to start pivoting more towards what's actually going on in the cinema world for this week, things that we can discuss so that we're all staying in tune with what's actually going on in Hollywood now. Yes. So we wrote down a couple of things we want to talk about. Absolutely. And first and foremost, we can't forget about the 90th Academy Awards, the Oscars, March 4th. It's the big... This is big. It's true. And by the time you listen to this, it will have already happened. Yeah. It is our goal to try and do a podcast during the Academy Awards so you can get our reactions when... Pretty much all of our suggestions didn't go the way we wanted them to. <laughs> right. Get out for best picture. I'm telling you, if it happens, I will I will die a happy man. Ugh, I know you didn't will. like it. No, no it, it really doesn't won't. suck. I liked it. I just, I think it'll win for the wrong reasons. I don't think it'll win. I, I want it to. If it does. I want it to so bad. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've heard from multiple people that three billboards is fantastic and it made people cry halfway through it. I have mm-hmm. no clue what that means because I haven't seen it yet. I will say, though, Lady Bird was fantastic. Perfect coming-of-age story. I did like Lady Bird, but I I watched that, and I, I understand and identify with pieces of that movie, but that's not how my life was or anything. Yeah, you were homeschooled, so it's harder for you to relate. It's really hard for me to relate to that because I was like, this is not how anything went in my life. I also wasn't this entitled and I didn't just do whatever I wanted all the time and make my parents <laughs> call me by a name that isn't my name. Okay, well, then clearly you had a sheltered life. I, I mean, what did you go by? Like Optimus? Did uh, you have a special pet name that you made your parents call you by? Rhin- rhino. Rhino? Yeah, you know, like a rhinoceros or a rhinoceros. Rhymnos, yeah, um, rhinoceros. My rhymes are bottomless. Yes, love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Here's oh. the thing. There's there's a scene in that in that movie where uh, the her and her best friend, her actual best friend, are like just hanging out and they're eating the communion crackers like they're yes. like it's a snack. And I can't tell you how many times when I take communion at church. I just want to eat a bag of them. Right. They're, I mean, it's pretty much styrofoam with a little bit of flour. Right. But there's something about that texture. It's just like, I could eat a handful of this and not be hungry. Yeah. No, no, stay hungry. I mean. Right. It's not filling. No, it's true. I, I mean, there, there, yeah, there were a lot. Exactly. There's a lot. Exactly. A right. Jeez it. A jeez it. <laughs> yes. Bring on the jeez it's. That's just so good right there. And I digress. That's beautiful. What happened last night? So last night, something insane happened. Something I... We we learned about Mr. Kevin Smith. Silent Bob. Silent Bob. For those of you who know Jay and Silent Bob, the man who wrote that and many other things that I'm sure you're well aware of, he actually had a heart attack last night. Yeah, wow. A massive one. Yeah. Which is... I mean, I, I actually had this conversation with uh, one of my coworkers today, and we both were like, 
talking about? I mean, he's clearly not. He's never really been in great shape, I guess. In his whole, like, no, no, he, he's been heavy set, but he's also like you know, smoked cigarettes and right. He hasn't <laughs> taken care of himself as well as he could. He's a busy man. Like he, he's all over the place doing you know interviews and whatever. Like yeah, but I mean, he had like a hundred percent blockage on the artery that like is called the Widowmaker. Yeah, the Widowmaker. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's known. That like oh I, I feel right and then people then just keel over and die right and, and he even shared in his uh, his his Instagram message about it about how um, his dad died pretty much by yelling out in pain and then died right in front of him she was from a heart attack so like his dad went out the same way he almost went out <laughs> oh my gosh so it's a wake up call it is like, totally a wake up call I think he said something about even going vegan like he was just so yeah, scared out of his mind he go was vegan. like. I highly doubt that'll happen. No, I can't imagine that. Though Peter will look for every way to try and glorify that if they can. Right. I would like to say um, that Kevin Smith, um, when he wrote Mallrats and it came out, like that defined my high school life. Like that was probably the most played high school like movie I watched. Was was. Was Mallrats. I, I can quote that movie front and back just like a can of Wayne's World. Like two comedies that I know you by know heart. That you know that you know. Yeah. 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 And, and and his humor, it's kind of funny. Like I really think that Kevin Smith's influenced um, Seth Rogen's, um, well, not Seth Rogen, sorry, Judd Apatow's career a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it, that borders that line of like relatable stoner comedy. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like the pot doesn't really need to be in there for the film to be hilarious, but it's still part of the right the shtick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Kevin Smith, the things you've done for comic books, yeah, and general nerd. I will, yeah, I do appreciate like his his uh, perspective on a lot of things in in the comic book and you know in in that pop culture world, including if you haven't seen it. He has an interview with a crowd where one of the people asks him what he would change about the Star Wars prequels. And he answers with not one thing. And he spends the next 10 minutes explaining why it's exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Wow. Okay. It's a great thing. I'm like, this, he gets it. Like, this is what I live and breathe and understand. He's like, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, well, stupid Jar Jar. And he goes, Stupid Ewoks. He's like, there's there's plenty of reasons that you can dish this stuff out on the prequels, but you can't take it on the originals. You know, like, it, I was like, I, yes. Yes, sir. George Lucas was, uh, you know, quoted, was quoted a long time ago saying that if he were to interest anybody with the Star Wars universe, it would be Kevin Smith. And I believe Kevin Smith has actually written episodes for um, The Clone Wars. Yeah, I think so. Um yeah, he has a he has a very deep love and interest in Star Wars, but I mean, it's everything. Yeah, he's on the AMC. The AMC has a television show called Comic Book Men. Where yeah, oh, I watched it. Oh, great. great! Yeah, he owns a comic book shop in it's New amazing. Jersey. Jane, Silent Bob, Secret Stash, and uh, it's on my bucket list to ever go. Yes, but um, yes. it's pretty much Pawn Stars for nord- nerds. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's great because they always come back and they talk about like classic like nerd things like Migos and, and and things that no one really cares about except for people like us. And it's like, oh wow. Right. I'm not alone. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> else out there gets it. Yeah. 
Thank God for them. So thank God you're not dead, Kevin. Yeah. Um, I think you'd find the humor in me just saying it that way. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Eat some vegetables. Eat drink, some vegetables. Drink a lot more water. Yeah, make that wake-up call, man. Yeah. We need you around a little bit longer. We really need a good comeback story for Jay and Simon Bob. We need to see you guys yeah. together. Get Part two is supposed to start. Yeah, I'm going to say Jason Mewes is clean now. He cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, Kevin's a good guy because yeah. he didn't even he told Jason when J- Jason started going back back to like bad drugs and right. just not living the right life like Kevin was just pretty much like Jason and Bob's not coming back until you take your jack together right like I'm not gonna no I'm not gonna do it with it no I'm, I'm you need to get better first because this yeah. is that's more important than this right um so I mean come on dude you're yeah. going, you're doing great absolutely so. Academy Awards, Kevin Smith. We just found out from Variety. I'm just going to gloss over because I think it's hilarious. Uh, Heather Locklear just got arrested for domestic violence. That's so weird. So her brother called the cops on a dom- on a domestic violence call because uh, she was getting in a heated argument with her boyfriend and was getting out of hand. When they got there, um, the cops were trying to separate the both of them, and she just decided to start beating the crap out of the deputies while they were there. What? Yeah. So they arrested her. $20,000 bail. She posted bond and, and she's out. But I. That's the most expensive beating you can give to somebody. Why would you beat the person I mean, who's if trying I was a to mil- help you? But if I was a millionaire and I got, could get away with something, that'd be kind of. No, I would not beat up a cop. That's dumb. That's, that's asking that's for an That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're do like, you, you want to get a broken arm? Yeah. Because that is how you get a broken arm. Yeah. I feel, yeah, if I was the cop, I would be like, yeah, she tried to kill me and then broke her arm. And then I've been like, I broke Heather Locklear's arm. That is a good claim to fame. You know, if you were to break Heather Locklear's arm, then you can like put it on your tombstone. Yeah. Ryan Matthews, you know, 1986 to blah, 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 blah. He broke Heather Locklear's arm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's my mark in fame. I mean, I don't want it to be my mark in fame. I'm just saying it could be, though. I don't want it to be. I, I don't want to ever hit a woman. No, I mean, hey, if she's trying to kill me, though, that's a different story. I guess. Like, I mean, Catherine Bates in Misery, I would have no qualms. Right. Yeah, there are certain times where it's like, you know what? No. (laughs) There's a line and you crossed it. (laughs) It's it's a pretty wide line, so I'll give you some some leeway there. Yeah. So, Heather, um, just because you have money doesn't mean it's a good idea to punch a police officer. Have fun in that court case. Um, be nice. Yeah. Loved you in Sin C- uh, Spin City, though. It's a good show. <laughs> yeah, Wayne and Garth like her, too. Showing. Yeah. Showing. All right. The last thing. Yeah. We have both seen this movie. A listener, if you have not seen Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. What you don't know is we're crossing our arms yes. right now. Um, ah. So, so good. Yes. So good. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I have read someone saying that all these fit fit people are going to be dressed up as Black Panther for Halloween. He's like, (laughs) my slobby self is going to dress up as Forrest Whitaker and start pouring purple Kool-Aid down people's (laughs) mouths. Yes, <laughs> I just That's lost. Gonna, it. It's gonna have trash can juice everywhere. <laughs> like you're just gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> so good. That's incredible. I yep. really want to talk about a spoiler about it because it's frustrating me. Well, don't. 
You, I'm sure there's a, a way you can say something without saying something, if you catch my drift. I mean, I want to talk Infinity Stones. Well, that's... I don't know that that's a spoiler. In the presence of, or the absence thereof, of right an Infinity Stone that we have yet to have revealed to us in the Marvel Universe. Right. That needs to be there for Thanos to show up in two months. Right, but I still think that we're going to get our answers, I think, just in that. In you think the, he already has one? I do. I think if he doesn't, it's going to open with that. I think that he's going to crush an entire world. Who's going to die? I think it's going to be an off-planet, like one that's not really in the lore. No, Loki's... Because Asgard's already gone. Loki's dead. Loki's not dead. Look, they're going to kill Loki. Well, you do, yeah, you see him, but it's like, obviously he's going to go around collecting them. The one that may or may not be missing is where I think that they're going to kind of start with. And that's where he's going to build the momentum of, okay. I went and got this at this planet, now I'm going to go get the rest. Okay. You know? All right. Because whichever one he gets might help him get where he needs to go. We'll we see. see. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll leave it at that. That's yeah. our. That, that's a. Oh, that's that's kind of our 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 cinema news reel, if you will, for we now. A little jingle. We could maybe yeah. I'll stop. see about that. We'll see if I can find something. That not fits. copyright. <laughs> Clearly, TM. we're not trying to. Yes. Get no. people in trouble. Yeah. Last thing before we actually transition into um, uh, pausing our podcast and coming back about Big Trouble in Little China is. Um, some new things are uh, potentially in the work for the In Review podcast. So, listeners, if you are in the Austin area, we just want to let you know that there's a very high chance that in the upcoming months um, we will be actually able to do a live podcast once a month at the Elmo Draft House. Yet to be determined, location, type of movie, all of the, I mean, we have a lot to go forward with. And I'll be honest with you, it's just dipping the toe in the water right now. But there's a chance. So, if you know we, I have contacts. We are working on it. But if you have contacts and you want to let us know, please message us on Facebook or Instagram. We want to know so that we can yes. start this ball rolling even faster. We fully believe that we can really do this well live, and we think it'd be a fun way of being able to engage listeners and for us to be able to have that appreciation of movie movies with other people in yes. the Austin area. Absolutely. Heck. Maybe it becomes a, a revolution and it becomes our side job when we get to visit Alamo Draft House around the country and do this exact same thing. Dude, I would tour every Alamo and ever with this thing. Why don't we just take over Aiden at Cool News, move them completely to the side, and we'd be cool. We'd just be called, you know, yes, it is cool news. Yeah. And we, we don't just, even have to question ain't. It's yeah. cool. No, it is. No, it is cool news. It is cool news. And then, you know, we just kind of like start becoming the authority, like the underground authority on movies. Agreed. It probably won't ever happen because of things like no. Let's, my favorite movie is Three to Tango. Well, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. That, it's I my mean, guilty pleasure. I, hey, everybody has them. Everybody. Even if yours is serendipity. Serendipity is not a guilty pleasure. Totally it's just a pleasure. Be. It's just it like, is a pleasure. Okay. I have other things. Let's end this. <laughs> well, okay. So before we go, 
I am going to go ahead and read off the synopsis. Dude, I have literally no right. clue what this so, movie's about. Like, literally none. Which is great. Like, I, I literally even confused Big Trouble Little China with Escape from New York. That is how much I actually know about this movie. That makes me happy. So, you you can go ahead. Ryan's going to go ahead and I'm leave. I'm totally going to walk away for this one. So that I can let you guys know if you don't know, obviously, or if you've just, you know, forgotten. I'm going to go ahead and regale you with... <laughs> with the wonderfulness that is Big Trouble in Little China. This edge-of-your-seat adventure stars Kurt Russell as Jack Burton, a tough-talking, wisecracking truck driver whose humdrum life on the road takes a sudden supernatural tailspin when his best friend's fiance is kidnapped. Speeding to the rescue, Jack finds himself deep beneath San Francisco's Chinatown in a murky, creature-filled world ruled by Lo Pan, a 2,000-year-old magician who mercilessly presides over an empire of spirits. Dodging demons and facing baffling terrors, Jack battles his way through Lo Pan's dark domain in a full-throttle, action-riddled ride to rescue the girl. Co-starring Kim Cattrall, this effects-filled sci-fi spectacle speeds to an incredible twist-taking finish. All right, everybody. That is the the long and short of what we're getting into with Big Trouble in Little China. It'll be about 30 seconds for you guys. It'll be more like a day and a half for us. But we'll come back to you and let you know where we stand. Stay tuned. Big Trouble. China. You can feel the thunder moving, breaking like an evil dream. And there's nothing in the world to save us, baby, nothing's as it seems. Mm, we better run, run it through the mystic night, run it till the day. Welcome back to In Review. We have just finished watching Big Trouble in Little China. So, how was it for you? <laughs> it's like if you took everything from Indiana Jones and Han, Han Solo in Star Wars, and then you put your James Cameron font in the beginning of the movie. You mean? And then you throw it in Chinatown in San Francisco. You've got big trouble in little China. Yep. It's it's so 80s. It's brilliant. So 80s. It's it's meta before meta was a thing. <sighs> it's it's self like deprecating. It knows what it's doing. I didn't I didn't expect it to be making fun of itself in the very beginning because up until this point, every John Carpenter movie I had seen was quite freaking serious, right? Because I still haven't seen Escape from New York. I don't know if that's funny. Right. And, but The Thing and Halloween. And so I just assumed that this one was going to be a serious thing. Yeah. And so, like, you know, the very beginning opens up with him, like, conspiracy theoring almost, like, on the CB radio. Like, who the heck are you talking to? It's brilliant. He's just literally giving... Jack Burtonisms to the world. <laughs> He's narrating so his life and giving nuggets of wisdom. There's He's so being dumb. a fortune cookie to the world. I get, oh God! Listen to you already. Like pull it back into the Chinese <laughs> mythology. You, you know it. Now, my favorite part though was Victor Wong as a. Oh, dude! 
Victor Wong knows Victor Wong, what he's doing. See, for me, I, did, I mean, obviously, probably most people know Victor Wong probably from this character or other things, but... Yes. I mean, I grew up watching The, the Three Ninjas. Yes. And, he, and he's the and grandpa. He's grandpa. And so Absolutely. I, I saw him and I was like, that's grandpa. He's younger, though. Right? Dude. <laughs> yeah, he's still always grandpa from The Three Ninjas, but... He's also Egg. Yes, he is also Egg. And he does so good. Everybody in this film is great at what they're doing. Like, they all they all have their own specific role. And it's kind of funny because everybody just l- literally embraces the corniness. They're like, yep. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to act the crap out of how ridiculous this <laughs> is. But it's so well done. Everybody, especially like Kurt Russell... His character, brilliant. Oh, gosh. Okay. I, I, I had to pull it up because I just wanted to, like, talk about some of the things he was saying where you were saying, like, the uh, the, 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 the fortune cookie quotes because they're yes. just so good. <laughs> when some wild-eyed eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks at crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps you, taps the back of your favorite head up against the barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks if you paid your dues, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye. And you remember that old Jack Burton always says at a time like that? Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check's in the mail. <laughs> yes. That was such an incredible way to like start things off. It's such, like, such a big precedent. It's it's like he here's the no tone, crap. people. He's yeah. He's committed. Why would you drive a Mack truck in the middle of a freaking alleyway, not knowing if you could turn around or not? Dude, incredible. <laughs> I love that he is committed. Yeah. For someone who doesn't need to be either, right? If you if you really watch it, you go, okay, sure. His buddy Wang owes it's him. Not really his buddy though. But he's not not <laughs> enough. No. And he's like, all right, we'll go get the money. And then he suddenly gets caught up in something he doesn't need to be caught up in. Right. For a chick that he he thinks is cute, but who could care less about him in the beginning. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like he's just. He just is legitimately, they're like, we're just going to push him along. Because any other character in like any other situation would be like, no, we're not going down there. I can't get out of there. Why yeah. would I, let's just get out of the truck and then we'll run after them. The whole movie is a comedy of errors where essentially Jack Barton's character is just along for the ride. It just gets, and then he just decides to like, get, allow his mouth to get him in more trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But it's great all along the way. One of my favorite things, too, is they legitimately have um, it's not it's not Gracie's character, but the the lady from the paper that she brings along. I think her name's Margo. um, And she comes in and she's like the queen of exposition. She legitimately stops and tells you. You mean the David Lopan that's chairman of the National Orient Bank and owns the Wing Kong Import-Export Trading Company, but who's so reclusive that no one's even laid eyes on this guy in years? Who the hell are you, anyway? Oh, well, I'm I'm Margot Litzenberger. I'm with the uh, Berkeley People's Herald. Blank, blank, blank. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, where they're like uh, trying to. Oh gosh, I don't you mean the one place with the thing and the, all the stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. going on. Like, yeah, they're like, okay, we're gonna catch you up and let you know exactly who these people are and why it's not a good place to go to. Right. Like, instead of showing you or telling that story, we're just gonna. Yeah, we're just gonna nutshell it again, <laughs> in her words. <laughs> you know, and it's it's so great because even like Gracie Law comes in, um, Kim Cattrall's character as like this plucky, you know. Almost, it felt like she was like this 40s, 50s sort of like heroine jumping in to save the day, hands on her hips, like, I'm in charge and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then she does something stupid and then, you know, Jack makes fun of her for it. But then, of course, he does plenty of <laughs> plenty of equally horrible, dumb things along the way. <laughs> old, old Jack always says, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, or he one of the shoots be- in, the, in the air and then the brakes fall on his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just knocks him out. <laughs> it's like this major battle and he's like been passed out for the first half. Yeah, exactly. He gets up and it's all over and he's like, ah, <laughs> just so ridiculous. Mm. But it's moments like that that are so fun because you're like, that would happen. Like, because people do that in movies all the time where they just like fire up in the air and then they just like run in and they're fine. But they're like, no, if you shot the ceiling, the ceiling would fall and it would knock you down. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, there's so many great lines. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I love it too when (laughs) there's another part where, and I know we talked about this, where they're going to go back in and he stops and goes... Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. If we're not back by sundown, call the president. Brilliant. <laughs> the most incredible, like, that's how much he, he knows. He's like, I am that important. You know he means it. Like, he's he like, yes. Oh, man, uh, when he's talking to Lopan, you can go off and rule the universe beyond the grave. And Lopan goes, indeed. He's like, or, you know, check into a psycho or whichever comes first, huh? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many simple things along the way that you're just like, how do you... you I these think, are things you would maybe want to say. I think Kurt Russell's delivery of it is just much more like... It's not deadpan. He does such a good job of convincing you that this is just like part of that like douche canoe type of character. That <laughs> right. <laughs> that you buy it. The funny thing is, though, is if you start looking through the lines in the script and everything written on paper, like, how could you have not written that without, like, crying from laughing so hard? Yeah. You can't can't take it seriously. And it's kind of funny because for those of you um, who know that you you must know if you've listened to our podcast, we're huge fans of the Alamo Draft House. This is where we saw Big Trouble in Little China, Ryan's, you know, first time watching it. And it was like a packed theater. I'm assuming from the audience that no one else had seen it either because no one was laughing like ever. Yeah. And I laughed the whole time at key parts throughout the movie and everyone's just kind of like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing. Yeah. Like, is this just a bad movie? Yeah. I I, like there are parts where, yeah, like I said, in the very beginning, I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny or not because you gave me nothing to work off of. <laughs> and then so the movie keep, keeps on progressing. I was like, okay, I now I realize that this is actually something that you're supposed to be joking around about the entire time. Uh, it was cool. Yeah. No, it's funny because the more you, after you know that, especially, mm-hmm. it really helps on your second viewing and yep. third viewing. You're yep. starting to pick up on little nuances and jokes and mannerisms, stuff that got going on. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So 
I know that it, to a casual like first viewing, especially if you're much younger when you see it, like you're not going to know what to do with this movie. No. It's just it it seems bad. Mhm. But it's all by design. Mhm. I can see that, you know? Yep. So a lot of it is the corny jokes and the ridiculous things and maybe even in, you know, quotes, if you will, bad acting. But again, I think it's all by design because it's just, it's very aware of what it's doing. It's taking, you know, an American hero and putting him in, you know, a very foreign environment. Yep. And they're like, this is what I think a lot of people would do in this situation. You know? Well, I mean, at least a truck driver would do. At least what a, yeah, a truck driver who <laughs> thinks he's God's gift to the planet. Because, man, he does. I just love the fact that uh, X character in the very beginning like does the lightning bolt thing. And I was like, oh, heck, yeah, we're going to see some like lightning bolt fighting and stuff. And it's like, right? well, after that point, it's only like Lopan's characters that do crap like that. Right. You almost, the only other thing, and this is one <laughs> of the other things I really love. And I think that this is, again, another fantastic addition to this film especially with the ludicrousness that you see it pays homage to like old uh 60s kung fu films Mm -hmm. where like wang and a lot of the other like warriors of lo pan fight they have like these epic fights in the air where they just do tons of flips and kick and backflips and They're they, the they, for like they literally are flying sideways <laughs> flying sideways sword fighting yep like and it just keeps happening and you're like this is as unrealistic as possible like they're not trying to be serious yep and it's great it's perfect oh great film good recommendation thank you uh i do like the fact that you called it out i didn't notice it but yeah john carpenter font in the beginning of the movie yep i didn't know john carpenter liked his own font yep he's definitely a fan he's got a very themed and in true yeah. 80s form there was a theme song made by no name eighties band who sang the title of the song, which is always my favorite when these things happen. Just like yes. Wingo Boingo Wingo Boingo did Weird Science and they right. sang Weird Science. And this one was Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. And it was fantastic. Absolutely. It was absolutely the crabbiest song I've ever heard in my life, and this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. It fit exactly right. Because if yeah. it was like a really good song, I actually think it would take away from it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like we have to keep with there's a theme here. Yep. We need to stay in it. Yep. So uh We'll have to close out the podcast saying that I think that that's the way that we have to leave this one. So make sure that you've queued it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, podcast listeners, remember to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash in review podcast on Twitter and Instagram at in review podcast. And uh, hey, this has been in review. I'm Ryan. I'm Jesse. And stay tuned for our next episode, which we will then cover the Oscars. And pick either one of the Oscar-nominated films or an homage to our good friend Kevin Smith. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. You're going to talk to him? Kevin? We're on a first-name basis. Thank you very much. (laughs) Shocked.